so much for tuning in to episode 5 of the OK Now What show. This is a great episode. We've got two amazing female entrepreneurs, Maria and Kiona from host to go They talk all about what it's like to be a female entrepreneur in the Austin area and around the globe. We get into certain things like what it's also like to be a woman of color in business and how that's impacted them. They give some really great advice on what's made them so successful. And we touch on people we're proud of again, as always. So thank you so much for tuning in to episode five, and we hope you really enjoy it. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, as always. Thanks. I listen to my instinct a lot. I can feel a lot of fear, but I can hear, I can listen to myself. And despite the fear... I usually tend to go for it. That's how I ended up in Austin. And that's how I ended up in London for three years. I studied there, but listening to what my instinct is telling me and not be ashamed of fearing are two things that I, I definitely have. Okay. Welcome, everybody. We are live for episode... Five of the OK Now What podcast, the OK Now What show. I'm Michael, and this is Bobby. And uh, we have two really special guests with us today, uh, Maria and Kiona. Uh, they are here. They are female entrepreneurs in Austin that have an incredible business, and I'll let them get into that when we get into it. How are you guys? We're doing well, even better with the mezcal. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely, we have had tequila in every, every episode. I know Maria saved us. She did. Which actually twice, because number one, this location is all because of Maria, because where we record at the barn is kind of out by Dripping Springs. And, oh, God. And that's, that's exactly that's why we didn't <laughs> head out there. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for allowing us to bring you on the show. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks, yeah, thanks for having us. Um, so as you guys know, this is the OK Now Watch show. Uh, I know Maria uh, that's kind of how this whole thing got started. Maria and I had the pleasure of working together at a previous company. I also know Maria to be very driven and a bit of a hustler and someone that is um, inspiring. And everybody that gets around Maria creates incredible things. Now, Kiona, I don't know you very well, but I'm, I'm We're assuming... We're going to get to know each other. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that if um, Maria decided to start something with you, you probably align pretty well with all of those things, too. I hope so. I think so, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. You're spot on. Awesome. Okay, well, let's, um, let's get into it. Uh, the OK Now Watch show, obviously, about defining moments in people's lives and that pivotal moment where you kind of made a choice to move in a direction that uh, was impactful for you, that moment that kind of hit you out of nowhere and you went, you know what? Okay, now what? What am I going to do? And give us a little bit of intro about yourselves because yeah. I, I don't know much. Yeah, Bobby's also. coming in blind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my name's Kiona. Our company is called host to go um, I got my PhD at the University of Texas at Austin, which is why I'm here. Um, I actually got it in nutritional sciences, nothing to do with the business that we're doing now. Um, but I guess that leads into my, okay, now what? I didn't want to continue in academia. It was a field that wasn't friendly to women and women of color. And I felt very invisible, oppressed, suppressed, and harassed. So I decided I just didn't wow. want to go into that. Um, and being a PhD student, it means I was broke. So I was renting out my apartment and leaving for the summers because I had summers off, kind of. I was just doing writing mm -hmm. remotely 
and I would leave to Mexico, Central America, whatever, wherever, and um, rent out my apartment. And I found out that I was making more money not being in my apartment and paying my rent. So I decided to duplicate that, and I rented a house with three bedrooms. And so that's what I. That's how kind of I started getting into this business of like short-term leasing. I met Maria on Airbnb because she needed help managing her listing. Yeah, so we met. First of all, what is your name? Oh, yes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Maria. I'm originally from Peru and moved to the States uh, in 2001 to study. And then life took me to England for three years, in Africa, Zimbabwe for five years, and traveled the world. Uh, was very fortunate. Took all the opportunities that came to me and embraced them. Life changed again, and I had to come back. I had to leave Zimbabwe and come back to the States. That's how I ended up, ended up in Austin. I started applying to jobs. That's how I started my new phase here and also discovered the short-term leases by moving in with my boyfriend. Decided to keep my, my old apartment. I realized I could make really good money on it, so I just keep doing it. Uh, but I had one issue. I used to travel a lot while I was working, so I needed someone reliable to help me with my uh, side operation. Yeah. And I found Kiona. She was excellent. She handled every inquiry. She did everything turnkey how I liked it. Mm -hmm. So I, I had peace of mind to do my own thing when yeah. I was gone. Yeah, that's the point. I also travel a lot and it's like the peace of just knowing like things are taken care of and you don't have to worry about it while you're traveling because you get so much anxiety like trying to answer to guests. You're on, you mm -hmm. have to be connected 24-7 and when you're traveling, you're not. And yeah. so you just have to like have the peace of mind that like someone is taking care of your house. And we initially didn't meet face to face. We met like three months later. Yeah, I had been helping her for a few months and then hmm. and then we met. Then both of us were out of town at the same time. And we were like, <laughs> Well, who's gonna take care of our spots? Oh. Okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. And so Maria, I think, hired somebody else, and it just wasn't the same. I had just finished my PhD, and I went for three months, like, doing a world tour. Right. And um, I had come back from Trinidad and Tobago, and I had fired my house sitter. Like, we got into this huge fight, and I was like, yeah, we, need a, we both needed the same solution as to, like, find reliable people outside of us. And I was wanting to do something uh, besides working for a corporation. Absolutely. And we met for lunch and we we're like, hi, how was your trip? Uh, it was okay. But then I had all these issues with the person that was taking care of my apartment. And that's how it kind of started. It was a really informal conversation. And then we scheduled a meeting a week later. We were like, hey, let's meet up and like maybe brainstorm. brainstorm. In one day, well, two hours, we had like a website, we had all of our content, we had bought our domain name, like we were registered, ready crazy. to go. We're always on the go. And that's the whole thing is like, we are busy and everybody's busy in this world. Sometimes you just don't have time to manage your home. Yeah. And it is kind of a side hustle. It's not your primary thing. So it's just mm -hmm. easier to like hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. And so since we're we're both very experienced in hospitality since we have our we had a, our own side businesses yeah um yeah we labeled it hosts to go i love that you guys actually not only did you collaborate so quickly like that's something bobby and i identify with it's just those people there's those people that you just get in the same room with and you're just like 
it's like constant high fives and you just get yes. really excited about it. It sounds like you guys have that same kind of chemistry that organically it just came to it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it didn't really hit me until we were like filing for a bank account together. Yeah, that was and dramatic. I, so I have never lived with a man. I've not never been married. Like all my boyfriends mm-hmm. are like long distance. So I really like my independence in my space. And then here I am like about to share an entire bank account. And then the lady was like, you have a $20,000 credit card limit. And I was like... I don't even know what? this lady. Yeah, I was like, uh. I barely know her. I met like, like maybe seven times before doing the bank thing. Uh, yeah. Wow, we're crazy. And she's so very, like, she's she'll she'll get you. Like I know. you I just want to like, hug her every time you see I was her. Like, like oh, oh my god, what am I doing? And luckily, we, we had driven home, and I was like. I don't know, what if you lock me out of the account? And I was like, well, what if you like become a cocaine <laughs> addict, <laughs> addict and like blow all of our credit on cocaine? And then I think we just laughed. The wor- the worst like, possible scenario <laughs> right now. Yeah. Far left, yeah. far right. Yeah. You yeah, lock me out, you, yeah. you somehow get in with a bunch of Colombian drug lords and buy <laughs> yeah. all, use all of our corporate credit to, to, to get high. Oh, yeah, gosh. exactly. And then actually it made me feel better that she was thinking the same thing about me. And then I was like, okay, cool. That's like a trustworthy person because she was totally worried. Like she's responsible enough to worry about that. $20,000 is a lot of money to share with. So that actually made me feel better that she... And then she was worried about it? And yeah. forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we down about it. But then you got over it. Yeah, there's a lot of trust there in any relationship. But you have to have a lot of trust. One of the foundations of a good culture is the trust that you build. And so you guys are obviously going to be moving forward through that pretty pretty closely it's really yeah I'm glad that that's like one of the problems I don't worry about whatever she does financially like I really she always asks me like hey is it okay if I put like a five dollar ad I was like girl you don't have to tell me about that (laughs) you need to do you know we're bootstrapping okay yeah Yeah, bootstrapping that's right (laughs) but she like asked me about five dollars yeah yeah it's fine so like I don't care like I trust her completely and so I think that's super important and I think I mean this is the closest relationship I've had yeah sharing wise so like the fact that i can trust her with finances and we're already ahead of the game so So now so now you've taken this idea that was just two people that were just trying to find coverage for their airbnb what is it that makes you guys so special so that's a really good question we just started in june and it is november now so we've only had it for around three or four months um but we've each individually had our own properties for a collective of 10 years Cool. So um, we bring a ton of experience to, to the table, but very separate experiences. So like mine is like shared baths, like super chill, like mm-hmm. traveler, I don't know, traveler site. And then I have properties in Cuba. And then she has this luxury experience. She leaves wine bottles and, and chocolates. And so we just have like, we, we bring different experiences to the table. And I think that I guess we have a lot to offer to our clients yeah. and that we can go both ways. Yeah. Since we've only been around for four months, we've kind of been shifting or pivoting a lot in that like we started off like just trying to clean houses and just taking over for other people's Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, you know, hotels have approached us to do website building or digital marketing or even creation of experiences internationally for other properties, content creation. So all of that kind of stuff, which is kind of evolving less towards cleaning and more towards like a digital management part of hospitality rather than like actually just being made. So what is the movement that you guys are doing right now where I saw you're, you're, you're searching for other people who host? Is that... 
what's happening? We've been approached by investors to find properties that they can short-term lease. Okay. But they just don't have time to, like, meet with a realtor and figure out properties and, like, do the ROIs. And um, just to, like, crunch all the numbers, we do all the market research. We create experiences around the properties, and then we pitch it to our investors. So that's kind of where, where we've been going with our hosting. Yes. God, I love that. That is. That's another story. That's, that, that's the same thing as, as some of the other people we've talked to, where it's like, this is what we started with, and now it's evolved into something yeah, completely over- different. For uh, just a couple months, it's gone from hey, we're going to clean some Airbnbs into property we're going to development. property <laughs> development yeah. and uh, digital marketing. Functionally, it makes a ton of sense, right? Nobody would know better than you guys to go yeah. in and say, right. "This is a viable area. This is a great building. There's <clears throat> the people in here are super trustworthy. Like, there's a place to park your park your bike right there." But yes. the air, but the uh, Ubers come through here quite frequently. Yeah, all of those things A through Z, like. We think of all the worst case scenarios, so we're prepared for it. Um, and a lot of people don't think about that because if you've <clears> never hosted, and especially in different situations, you know, being rural or being in the city or wherever, then it's like you don't know until you try it. And then yeah. like you just save a bunch of money by already hiring us who we already know all of the yeah. problems. And we've already had great consulting clients. Oh, yeah, like, that's another thing. That's another thing that has come out of this is that we, got, we get people that are thinking of expanding or starting their own Airbnb or home away, or they want to do it internationally, and they, they call us, they email us, and they say, we, I, I need some advice, please help us. And that's another way of how we are selling. Yeah. I got lots, lots of business ideas that I'm, I can start <laughs> pitching here pretty soon, but there's probably not a place to do that. <laughs> We've got two different people here that came to this point from two totally different uh, backgrounds and and paths. Um, and you both touched on them kind of previously. By no means you get in as much or as little as you want, but you know what what was that defining moment for you, Kiona, when you kind of had that, okay, now what? I want to start doing stuff for myself. I want to be in business for myself. You mentioned school and that you had just got your PhD, which is in a incredible accomplishment in its own right but um you know you also mentioned you have another brand yes um I decided that I wanted to work for myself one if I'm gonna be really honest I really like to nap like I have to nap <laughs> and from like where's the, my book I gotta write that down. hours from like one to three I am a useless human being and it's like you could have just moved to like Italy Spain yeah or Spain I, mean, I guess I could have done that but <laughs> No, everything. Thank goodness you didn't yeah. do that. Yeah, that is true. That's what everybody. Everything shuts down at that point. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was like, man. And with a PhD, I could arrange my classes so that mm-hmm. I was napping from one to three. Man, I, I realized would love that. I was applying to jobs, and I was like, I can't nap. Like from mm-hmm. nine to five, like I literally can't nap. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, if people are gonna fire me. Cause I'm gonna be like, oh, <laughs> I'm dead now. And I actually work best from the hours of like 4 a.m. to like 10 a.m. I'm a morning person. It's mostly because my phone, no one's contacting me, like no Airbnbers are like complaining. So it's like I, my efficient hours are during that time. And I was just like, honestly, corporate hours don't work for how I work. And so I was like, I really like my naps and I'm not really willing to sacrifice them. Um, but the second one was... I was getting my PhD and I was working under a woman and I thought that like working for a woman would be better because I'm a woman and like she would be more understanding to my needs and like be more empathetic and it was it turned very competitive very quickly even though I'm her subordinate like I don't need to compete with you so um 
and I'm broke and she's like making six figures I'm like why are you asking me like what shoes I'm wearing or what you know I'm like I felt like it was a competition between like what we were wearing or like what jewelry we were getting and it was like this is a waste of my time yeah mm-hmm. and so um, I decided I didn't want to work for a woman anymore so I asked only applied to companies with a male owner and then I got one and it was like kind of a dream where he was like opening this like data company in Colombia, and he would have me like flying back and forth and like putting together a team I got my master's in statistics and data sciences so I was like kind of doing math I love those degrees by the way that is awesome he's super tech nerd yeah what data nerd (laughs) tech nerd no but yeah I I this guy was awesome and I really wanted to learn a lot from him and he seemed super forth giving like it was like no competition not a waste of time it would it was with him like I could communicate so easily unlike my other boss but then like he called me like he started calling me later and later at night and then like he got drunk and was like saying really inappropriate things it's like you know what I'm not gonna work for a man either and then exactly. Maria came along, so it was right. just kind of perfect. And then I'm just going to work for myself. Didn't I say this last time? No, you did. You said people suck. Yeah, people suck. The context of that. Let's go back. Let's we were rewind about, on that. We were talking about employees, but bosses too. Yeah, yeah. Well, the context on that was basically that you think you find something, you feel so comfortable, and then next thing you know, there's other humans that have to be added to that, and a lot of times there's a lot of letdown because I just said, you know, people are the worst. Yeah, you know, and you, you there's, can there's take so that, many great people out there. You can take that there, up but, to, to the people that are managing you also. Yeah, I, I think that that's just it. A lot of that comes from self-awareness, right? Yeah. You obviously became very self-aware of what you did and did not want, but at least, you, you know, I commend you for... You know, having the the courage to just jump in both feet and say, I'm going to try this. I don't like that. I'm going to try this. I don't like that. Most people just choose to sit on their hands and don't do anything. Well, most people don't don't ever see the option of, I really don't want to do this. I really want my naps because I, this is, this is my, yeah, this is my thing. I'm going to protect that. And to do that, I need to protect my schedule. Protect my schedule. Yeah. I can't work for sucky people. No. I got to build my own thing. Right. And what... I love that. I love the fact that you decided to be an entrepreneur because you wanted to have naps. Yeah. Naps are important. 100%. Actually, I think there's a lot of health science to show and probably data, which you probably know. Most cultures have naps. Our bodies are meant to be sleeping in those hours. Yes. (laughs) Preach. So, yeah. But in the meantime, while I was doing my PhD, I developed this other brand and not on purpose at all. I was just... I was traveling every two months. I was learning how to surf with my best friend. What was friend. the brand called? What's the and brand called? And it is called How Not to Travel Like a Basic Bitch. It's on, is that what it is on Instagram? It is. 20,000 followers? Very long, 21,000. Oh, 21,000. But the website gets 280,000 readers. From what? all, every single country. And yeah, it's over 201 countries and territories. How Not to Travel Like a Basic Bitch. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Okay, which actually going. kind of fed into our business also. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Um, it's everything travel related and traveling includes Airbnbs and like how to leave a good review, how to choose a good Airbnb. What types of Airbnbs are you wanting to target? So mm-hmm. I, for me, a basic bitch is somebody who takes more from a country than they put back. So you're you're supposed to have an even exchange of information, of culture, of, of education. And you don't want to, like, be a basic bitch or you're just, like, going in and partying, which is fine. You can party, but don't be that obnoxious person that, like, everybody's going to hate and just, like, disruptive of the environment that you're entering into. So I was, like, drunk one night, and I was like, I'm going to make this site and teach people, like, how not to do this because I was so irritated with, like, watching tourists do this. 
And I just put one post about Cuba out and like it went around like really, really quickly. And I just thought I was doing it to friends and family. And now there's like a printed copy like floating around in Cuba, like people just pass it around. And it just like gives like all the prices, things to look out for, how you know you're getting cheated, the best, you know, tour guides to use or how to book an Airbnb that's going back into the community rather than like supporting a foreigner. How it fed into our business is that now people have reached out to us to develop tourism experiences around their property. So like with my Cuba one, we've developed um, like tobacco tours or horse tours or cigar rolling salsa dancing, all that you can book through the property and feeds into the local economy. We have a eco... Ecologe in Peru. Ecologe in Peru, where we do the same thing, where you can do like pisco tasting and horseback riding to the valley, and all of the money goes back to those people. And those are, you know, people who not normally wouldn't get business, wouldn't make Mm -hmm. money. And by booking the property, you're also booking all of these other things, which it's an even exchange. So you get the cool experience and we've pre-negotiated the price for you. And then also you get to feel good about voting with your tourism dollars where you're giving it back to somebody who would need it. That's awesome. Did you see what happened there? So we, we asked she her. She sold us on yeah, a trip. But we, we asked her to, to elaborate Cuba? on her as a person. <laughs> it spun into this, the how not to travel like a basic bitch, right? Is that what yeah. I got? And then it spun into, and my current thing is this. And you know what is great about that? It's not about that she, I, 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 by no means am I saying that she got, of course, what I'm saying is, is that clearly what she's doing is aligned with her why, like her defined why as a person and what she believes in, what she wants to do with herself mm-hmm. is right. Like it's connected. It's like she's doing what she loves. She just went from talking about herself all the way through to what she's doing right now. Did you see that? I did. That was organic. Like it, it was, was. forced. And the whole it time was. she's looking at Maria going, this is our thing. Like we're, we're united in this whole thing. Oh yeah. I mean, she's, being quiet but like she oh, we'll get we to talk her. Don't through you worry. all of this stuff together like she's a huge part of it and she gives awesome suggestions but also like she's like my mom like <laughs> I am so like look how she like got, brought us water mezcal like yeah. I'm the type of person that needs my, to nap okay my I'm mom clearly... never brought tequila <laughs> your mom is awesome yes <laughs> I mean, she just, like, reminds Just for those of you that aren't watching the video, there's no way that she's her mom. Yeah, yeah no, that's right. no, no, no. But, like, she, like, updated my calendar today. She's like, oh, yeah, you're going out of town. I updated it on the calendar. Oh, like, yeah. I need naps. Yeah. I'm a child, so Yeah, yeah, she, I put that in there, too. I got, yeah, yeah one to three o'clock, you got some naps. Yeah. In there. <laughs> yeah, so she just, like, organizes me, and she's just, like, she thinks in detail, which is something that I need and I lack. So it's really great that we work together. Very cool. Yeah. That brings us you, Maria. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> For context, Maria and I, again, used to work together. And one of the best things about Maria is that she has, like, got this intoxicating capability about her that people just get drawn to her. <laughs> and, like, a smile that lights up a room. For those of you that can't see, you know, you have such a great, great story. You, you mildly touched on, you're like, oh, and then I just showed up to Austin with two boxes in a car. Well, you know, what was your okay now, your biggest okay now what moment? Uh, that's a great question, and I ask that to myself every day. I always think about my purpose. What am I doing here in this planet? You know, and I have all these thoughts that I want to do, and not only entrepreneurial ones, but also personal ones. Like I listen to my instinct a lot. I can feel a lot of fear, but I can hear. I can listen to myself, and despite the fear. I usually tend to go for it. That's how I ended up in Austin. And that's how I ended up in London for three years. I studied there. But listening to 
what my instinct is telling me and not be ashamed of fearing are two things that I, I definitely have. There's a lot of self-doubt, but overall, I think I'm very grateful for the journey I've had so far. Mm-hmm. I am always desperate of seeking the next step. It's kind of like a continuous soul search and passion search. Mm-hmm. And I, I got really excited when I met Kiona because she was very smart, very confident, very unique. I didn't meet that. I haven't met that many Kionas in my life. I can tell that. <laughs> this is the first for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, why not? I have a good feeling about this. With a few interactions we had, I think we had the same beliefs and values. Those things are helping us move forward. Yeah, we're two women trying to figure things out. And I guess that's my now okay moment. I really haven't, I feel that I haven't figured out everything that I want to figure out yet. Yeah. But I have ambition of wanting to get there. And I can, I know that I can make it happen. So I didn't have a job to leave when we started this. Maria did. She left her job to do this. And I don't know what her okay now moment was during that, but there was definitely a moment. Well, and I was going to say, before we even started the show, we had a lot of conversations with people. We would say our show is about, okay, now what? And they're like, what does that even mean? And then you say, well, have you ever had a moment where you're sitting there and something has happened and you now have a fork in the road visually in front of you and you go, okay, now what? I think you're the first person I've, I've heard that you don't have a defined okay, now what moment? It sounds like you're continually navigating those. I am. Um, I want to thank my boyfriend because he's supporting this decision. You know, he's been fantastic. Uh, and I actually used to work with him before this. After eight months of working together, he saw that meeting with Kiona got more serious and serious and we started to get like a concept for what we wanted to become or build. We spoke one night and he's like, okay, you're great at this, uh, but I think the best right now is focus on what you're figuring out right now. I'll give you all my support. At that time also he was trying to build like a a team and I was distracted and it wasn't fair for him either. So I, I think we both agreed that it was the best time to separate ourselves from work. It's really difficult and it's all mental. You need to really be strong at what you like what you believe in and even when you're down and having anxiety attacks, <laughs> you know at the end of the day you're gonna be okay. You're yeah. gonna be good. This is a process. Not everyone figures it out in one day or in one month. And I guess it does take a lot of courage. So, Well, maybe just to add some context, Maria, she's very humble, but she's like a saleswoman. It wasn't that she was just working for a boyfriend. Like, she's a good saleswoman. That's why he wanted her on her team. And then he, I guess, realized and was really, really supportive, which I think is really valuable in a partner. Uh, Especially, like... When you're going to take a leap as an entrepreneur. You know, you talked about, you know, weaving through those moments. Jumping off and being an entrepreneur is a huge moment, period, when when you're disconnecting yourself from any of that, that basic income. You know, and, and we, we talked about it a few months ago, um, you know, the things you need when you face those moments. And you, it sounds like you have a lot of them, which is you, you got to understand where you're going and be totally focused on that, not looking back. You gotta have this support system in place, which you do, and nobody nobody talking bad, you know, about what you're doing. Because there's a lot of times you'll jump out and try to start a business, and people will just tell you, you know, you shouldn't do that. 
how are you going to support yourself? You need a, you need a real job. All this, all this other yeah, BS that. that, you know, doesn't really enable, enable you to be a successful uh, businesswoman. You got to believe in that decision That's of right. where you're going is the right way and, you know, have a why behind it. And, you know, I think you do. Well, see, and that's just our intro. So now we're actually going to start the cool. episode. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cool. I think um, there's a lot there. Like, obviously, Maria, you and I have known each other for a few years now. I'm very proud of you for doing this. Not only am I constantly impressed with you every day, but the fact that you decided to take that leap, really proud of you. Um, and I'm proud of you of starting this. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is something that Bobby and I, you know, we ha- we're very blessed to have a lot of friends that are yeah. entrepreneurs and such great minds and really big hearts and Mm -hmm. just people that deserve a conversation that aren't on a world stage but deserve to be heard. And, you know, right away, you know, I thought of you and I obviously, you know, you think very highly of Kiona and and now I see why. Like, you you seem like a genuine person. Like, you've got this really nice soul about you. Um, Naps. It's the naps. It's the naps. Yeah, it makes you glow, right? Absolutely. (laughs) But I do want to touch on something here because it's been nonstop in my mind since the first day I reached out and you guys said, yeah, we want to do this. It's about a couple things. And you touched on it lightly, Kiona, and I think, and you'll have to guide me through this, but, you know, the the, the struggles that you guys will probably see as female entrepreneurs, that's a big hurdle to overcome. You know, what are some of the things that you guys think about when you think about being a female entrepreneur and the things that come with it? For me, it's people think I'm just some little girl. We have properties in Peru, so I went to a Peruvian diplomat meeting, and I tried to pitch us, and no one cared about me. They just thought I was just some little girl. Like, how could you possibly have a company? How could you possibly know what to do? And it's hard to fill up or, like, take up space when people automatically think that you're just this really small, inept person. And so for me, that's really hard because I sometimes can't even get... No one will even pay attention to me because they just don't believe in me. And it's not until, like, we went with a realtor a, um, a month ago and, like, didn't really didn't really think that we were serious about buying property or that we had the buying pro- uh, power or that we could even develop a property until we said, like, yeah, we're international. We have properties all over the world and in, in Austin. And then he was like, oh, yeah, let me show you show you around. Wow. <laughs> so that, that's a struggle then. Yeah. Yeah. Being taken seriously. Yeah, at least, yeah, for me. I don't know if you have... Maria, what about for you? Oh, what a question. Um, I always feel like when someone mentions, oh, female entrepreneurs, but they don't understand the struggle behind those words. For me, it's just being creative on how to overcome those. I was selling to publishers in the United States, me being Peruvian with an accent, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Publishers not only in the United States, in Europe, all over, and all over the world, Asia and South Africa and all, all over. You just needed to become really creative and believe in not only yourself, but also in what you're doing. And I think what, what we're doing here, we might be pivoting, but the one thing that we certainly know is that we believe in each other and that we can make something great out of this. One example is we had, I am a strong, I'm really, I have conviction, like you guys were talking about. I have conviction that I would like to support disadvantaged groups and everything, like the clothes that I wear or where I choose to stay or who I'm going to buy from when I travel. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I put on our website was like, we're a female minority owned company. Immediately she was like, remove that. Why? Like I would 
I would choose us. If like that's the first thing I look for is like, okay, who am I supporting when I'm buying this like product? She was like, she asked a C-suite exec of another tech company, and he was like, yeah, I wouldn't hire you. You need to remove that now. We didn't remove it. We put we, it we in put a different it, place. Yeah, we put, took it from the front page, put it at the last page. It was like a moment for me that I was like, man, like people really don't care. And I mm -hmm. asked another one of my friends, and he was like, yeah, that would turn me off immediately. What's wrong with the world? People suck, you know? <laughs> I told you. So, <laughs> people suck. <laughs> um, yeah, like, t it was just hard. Like, it's something I'm proud of, but not everybody... People, I think people, how they see it is, ah, oh, they're using this to sell. Yeah. That's not how we are and that, using it. That's, that's the devil in, in the context, is that no matter what your intention or purpose of putting that there, there's going to be 15 different ways that someone's going to spin it. And that's what the, the absolute disaster of that is. Yeah, like you posting something from a place of genuine heartfelt pride is now going to be turned into, oh, they're using it against me or they're trying to gain favor with certain sections or they think it's going to draw business. Mm -hmm. that's, that's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, but I found out a way. So we have presentations. We have our, all of our property development ideas. Mm -hmm. We have our ROI. And at the end, I say... Post to go is a female minority owned company. Why does that matter? Financially, it matters because females spend less money and make more money than males. Sorry, guys. Wait, what? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's true in our households. <laughs> oh. A female entrepreneur. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> female entrepreneurs um, spend less money getting businesses up and have a higher ROI. <clears throat> wow. And then um, females cool. also put in more work, more hours of work. Not that you're not working hard, but. So you have the um, data points. That's why women yeah. are... You're waking up at 4 a.m. and getting your work done. Yeah. Yeah, so but then she's asleep at 1 till 3, yeah. right? Well, <laughs> nobody's working then anyway. <laughs> I know, right? So, right. Um, yeah, we turned it... I, there's a financial benefit to Absolutely. hiring females, so... God, that's so great. That what is. a smart... That is that's such a smart idea. I mean... Take take the emotion out of it and make mm -hmm. it make it a business component to it. Yeah, like how does it affect your bottom line? That's really what matters. And that's here, so. but that all spun from Maria saying we should move this. Yeah, and at first I was mad. I was like, I don't want to remove this. <laughs> Fine, so yeah. I took it out and I put it somewhere else. And then I mean, she was right, and I, it gave me creativity to spin it the way that I should have spent the first place. That's right. So. Taking that emotion out of it created something very powerful out of yeah. it. What was the was it a gut feeling that made you want to do that, Maria? I I I, I personally thought that the first thing that you would read out of any website would be exactly what the services, who you are, like the services you're providing, not about the people behind, but the actual product, service you are offering. So people yeah. know where they're landing. The site that we wanted to expose was part of us. So mm -hmm. um, in that way, we shared more information of who we were and all that. So yeah. and we didn't remove it. We just replaced it. Just moved we it. Moved, it. Moved, so. moved it to a different yeah. place. That's, I think, is the struggle of being a female entrepreneur, to loop back to your original No, no, question. that's good. Yeah. That's how we get there, right? Yeah. You got to come full circle. We touched on both, like, minority and female there. So what is some advice that you guys will give, you know, anybody out there that is in either of those places that's looking to start a business or is in that pivotal, okay, now what moment? Like, what would you do? What would you say to them if you were a voice or a person on their shoulder that's just... You know, there. What would you say? Yeah, especially f females. 
Because it's scary to yeah. jump out and do that, especially as a woman minority, mm-hmm. jump out and expect to be successful just because that's not what the culture is telling you that, that, that you're going to be successful in, right? People just aren't used to seeing it. It's not a regular thing. So it's kind of weird when you see it and you're like, I don't know what that is. Even to the men out there, like how they engage with you as entrepreneurs, you know, what are some things that you'd like to share? Most men are terrified to do what you're doing. Period. Yeah. Right? 100%. Um, So you're jumping out there, making a name for yourself. All of our culture is basically telling you, you should not be doing this, right? But you are doing it, and there's, there's men that are terrified to do it. So what's some advice that you would give to those people that are terrified? I think that's changing, by the way. Uh, it is changing. You have a data science degree, right? Yes. You could go out and literally name your price. Yep. Google would pay you seven figures to come work for them. Yep. But you're like, no, I want to sleep. Yeah, naps. Yeah, naps. 100% naps. And I'm going to build a brand, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a, a company and empower women through the success that I'm going to have. Yeah, I guess let's break it down. People ask me all the time, like, how did you start a blog? Or how did you take your first solo trip? Or how did you start a mm-hmm. business? I'm like, I just did it. Got to like, get into action. Yeah, I'm like, this talking is wasting my time. Like, I got to just do it. It was always like, I got to have my naps. And I'm not scared of that. So You didn't have anything to lose. Yeah, I didn't. Except and that's a privilege. Like, to have a business is privilege. I always tell people... If you don't start at the same place as I did, then I can't tell you how to do it. I mean, I still had to pay rent. I still had to pay my insurance, my car. Like, I mean, I did have stuff to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that, like, not to enter a business, I would say, until you're debt-free. And that, too, you have a safety net. So I had some savings that I could live off of if this didn't go well. And we also had, like, our side hustles going. So there was continual money dropping in. So it's not like we had nothing. We still had something coming in so that we could float. So I would say do it, but also do it smartly. Like, think about what worst-case scenario. If you don't have any work for, you know, three months while you're jumping it off, like, what can you live off of? Think of a worst-case scenario. I think we we actually, actually had touched on that before that the best way to get into action is to realize what that worst case scenario is. Yeah. Picture the floor. What's the worst it could look like? And the context there from that episode was Bobby mm-hmm. was talking about, because him and his wife, uh, Shana, have been in numerous entrepreneurial endeavors. Uh, some of them were great. Some of them didn't do so well. But the point was, it's like, what could happen? We could lose the house. We could you know, be out of a you know, place to live. We could lose our job. All yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. You walk, you walk through that, that process of yeah. understanding what that worst-case scenario is, and it's, almost, it's, a, it's freedom. You, you can envision yourself living in that, in that space, in that moment, like, okay, I can sell the house, I can go get an apartment, whatever, I can get a job. Yeah, and th- that, that gives you freedom to just to, to get in action, to move forward, and to go pursue your dreams mm-hmm. um, because the worst-case scenario is, is not the worst-case scenario. No. no. It, it can always For be us? so much it, worse. Exactly. Yeah. And, you grew up in Peru. You probably understand. Like it, it's not. And granted, I have not been to Peru, so I don't. Know, I don't know what worst case the scenario. Poverty levels are high. Yeah. yeah. So in Africa as well. So yeah. worst case scenarios in those cultures is not the same as it is here. Period. Oh, yeah, totally. Like I travel so much, and like the poverty mm-hmm. that I see in other countries is nothing compared to this. I can't. I'm sorry. Like I'd rather give money to yeah. like people who need water every day. Is sorry, we went piece? off too. No, it's good. <laughs> the best stuff comes from fireside chats like this, where you actually like you know, draw some emotion. What else would you say? 
I, well, for me, I wanted to be debt-free. I could float on what I was making with my side hustles by paying my rent, paying my insurance um, with my side hustle. I could only float on not having debt. Okay. So I paid off all my school loans, and then that has caused me immense freedom where I only have to worry about my rent and, like, eating. Wow. Yeah, me too. I don't have any debt, and I have my boyfriend support. And I have my passive income with the Airbnb I have. Yeah. Not dependent on anyone. No. <laughs> But it takes, it, it's about taking tax to say, is this the best move? And if not, eliminate the things that could be a distraction. It was, for me, it was now or never, which I don't think I'm old, but I'm not. Mid-20s, right? Not mid-20s anymore. <laughs> no, that was early, my guess. Or, or early 30s anymore. <laughs> my, my main reason of doing this is I want to have a purpose in my life, mm-hmm. like I mentioned before. I I want to be I want to earn a good living. I don't need to be a multi-billionaire or a millionaire. I want to have a good income, be happy, be healthy. If I want to go to Asia, I'll go to Asia. Like I want to be independent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to cause a positive impact to people and live a simple life. Very cool. Man, that was a lot. That was great. So <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we are act- we're already at an hour. Oh, wow. Went by quick, right? Yeah. yeah. I have a question. Yeah. So we've talked about where you've come and kind of where you're at right now. But if you look five years from now, where do you all want to be? Mm-hmm. I want to be helping other people do what we do. I want to have our business just kind of go on its own. Like, I think we're both building it so that we don't really have to be here. Like, Mm -hmm. we want to be here, but not really here. And we want to help other people generate the same type of income and freedom that we have. So I think that's at least my goal for the next five years. So, like, having other people uh, spawn the same type of businesses across the globe? Yeah, I mean, and we also already kind of do that in our consulting sessions where people are in Dominican Republic or in other places, and they're like, how do you manage this digitally or how did you develop your experiences or how are you bringing people to a property two hours away from the city? Like, how does that work? And so we help other people via our consulting sessions build their own businesses up. But again, like we're pivoting where we're like doing all these other things also. So, You know what it sounds like you're doing? Sounds like you're reviving an industry that everybody thought died. I think also another reason why you're going to succeed at this and it's going to get really big is because people crave those experiences that you're creating. So I, I recently went to Italy, and one of the worst things, the, the thing that I hated was that everything is so... Touristic geared and it's fake. Yeah, fake <laughs> and touristy. Like going to Florence, trying to find Florence leather goods, it's all fake. It, it feels like it's all fake. Or to do, you know, to do any sort of experience, it's all fake. It's, it's very touristy, all of that. You're providing experiences that are very authentic, give back to the, the community yeah. and the culture that's there, yeah. which is something that a lot of... I mean, me, I, I can't speak for everybody, but that's something that I crave. When, when I was in Italy, I wanted to only give to people that were, were local, and trying to find that is, is, a, is a chore that you, you make your money in that by yeah. itself. I was going to say that you mentioned tech obliterating this whole thing. That actually works for advantage in that where our properties are, there is not a lot of tech. So mm-hmm. we're the bridge that connects like this whole digital world and you know, people on this side of the world to our properties in other areas. So it's like, you know, Cuba has like almost little to zero internet. So I'm just the bridge that connects like these two places. And we're both bilingual, which helps a lot in like navigating places where there is no technology, but people do want to visit. And Mm -hmm. it does like 
give yep. back to like those communities. But it's like you can't access them with any sort of technology. You have to be there. You have to be talking to them. And you have to be a trustworthy, authentic person for them to even trust you. So I think... Trust is a word. Yeah, trust. And I was going to say that technology, not having technology works in our favor. Counterintuitive to what everyone else is doing. Follow the tech. And you're over here, you know, doing your own thing. And, yeah, and like, it's... Where's the jungle? Yeah, that's where yeah, we want to go. Yeah. Take me deeper into the unknown. <laughs> I think that's great. One of my favorite vacations that uh, I ever went on wasn't even a vacation. I was there for a conference, but was a day. And I'm kind of, I'm similar to you in that when I'd go somewhere, I like to, you know, everyone goes left and I like to go right. And there's that weird hallway that you go down in an old section of town and you find this incredible little bodega where you go and you get, yep. caught, you know, that sort of stuff. And uh, we were in uh, Montreal for a conference, found ourselves at this little farmer's market, and then further up the street, we wanted to get a cup of coffee, and there was a Little Italy Montreal, which everyone's like, how is there a Little Italy in Montreal? It turns out that when everyone was coming over, uh, people that weren't admitted into New York got pushed over to Montreal. Oh, and so there is a massive amount of uh, Italian history there from a lot of the mafia. And the and like. we're talking straight off the cool. boat. It was actually crazy because a week before we got there, there was a massive FBI raid and like all of these godfathers got it raided. It was crazy. But anyways, we were in, uh, in Montreal in Little Italy and we walked into this little hole-in-the-wall coffee shop and you walked in there, you could have sworn you were in Goodfellas. Like it was just, <laughs> there was awesome. old ladies with t- hair up, too much makeup, all that stuff and this old woman gets up and I'm like I just want a cup of coffee and she overheard me say this and she gets up with this really raspy cigarette voice and goes this is the best cup of coffee you're gonna get this side of New York and I was like uh, yeah, two please. Yeah, what she's doing. I just, you just get floored, right? You're totally, in, but yeah. that's what it's all about. That's yeah. and you know went went further up the street to this incredible pizza place, and 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 some guy named Gino that is making you pizza that he's throwing in the air, and it was just amazing. You thought you had gone to another country, but yeah, that was it. You so step awesome. off that beaten path, and now anybody that says I'm going to Montreal, I don't say go to the Notre Dame Cathedral, go see Cirque du Soleil. I say, get in a cab and go to Little Italy and find yourself right in the middle, in the heart of it, and just walk around, and you'll love it. We have found experiences in other areas, but we're trying to create experiences here in Austin. We're basically digital concierges for our guests, where we like give them all of the things that we would do normally as locals. We also are trying to create experiences for our guests. So... You can see Maria is a very passionate person, but her passion is actually cooking as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's amazing. Uh, yeah, we're trying to create an experience where you do get invited into a local's home. We pick you up and we bring you to a place and Maria would be there cooking um, a special dish, dish complete with a history lesson. And That's all awesome. The cultures that she's picked up on her travels. Wow. That is so, awesome. That's a great idea. We don't. We haven't tested it yet, but we we just developed the idea. We're brainstorming. Yeah, we developed okay. the idea just a potentially. Of- I'm gonna go tell everybody about this immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so potentially just- a, 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 an event during South by maybe yeah. South by Southwest, yeah, like a not? cool yeah. party that we could do. Yeah, we just want to do something like different, and we love to connect with people. I I, I believe that every person has a backstory, a, yeah. a story that is not written. Mm-hmm. And discovering that is, for me, priceless. What you, no, you don't forget that. Yeah. You don't forget that story, and you don't forget the flavor. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. so. You got to put food in it. Otherwise, yeah. you forget everything, right? I love that. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Yeah. Smell, you know? It's- yeah. Well, we're at that point, Bobby. We're at that point where we should probably do people that I'm proud of. This is how we usually close out our show. Uh, look, you don't have to get emotional, y'all, but like usually. Usually one of us is crying. Yeah, and then it's <laughs> no, like a whole a thing. Oprah thing. <laughs> and everybody, and it's usually because we've had a lot of tequila. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, generally it's pretty simple. One of us will go first uh, just to get, so you can get the context. But okay. uh, just one person that's in your life that you've just seen incredible things from or that you're really proud of that maybe you haven't told them that or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put it out there. So for me, my, my one person that I'm proud of is uh, my dad. Uh, he is, uh, he's semi-retired from his life in oil and gas for the last 40 some odd years. But um, about two and a half years ago, he and I were sitting down talking about at a Thanksgiving, actually, ironically, as it's coming up. And uh, you could just tell he was really tired. And I just said, you know, what, we talked very openly and honestly about where he was at in his career. And we got to talk about some of the passions that he has. And we talked, got into beer. And so my dad started his, his path to starting a brewery. Oh, nice. At like in his 70s, yes. decided, you know what? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to start a brewery. Go and back. yeah, right. And so. <laughs> Do really we proud get a of him. Beer yeah, <laughs> head up to Calgary. We'll show you all the ins and outs of the traveling in you Calgary. Know, get some Airbnbs set up. I cook with beer. Do you cook with beer? I love cooking. All right, we'll have to get some, and then you can use our beer in your in your food. I'll drink that one. Done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as of last week on Wednesday, Tuesday, we officially got approval from the city that we can now begin construction on our brewery. So. Yay. Yeah, awesome. Big time. Yeah, so super proud of Dad. Yeah. I'll go next. We've been doing these for a couple. I've I've been going just to friends that I was proud of. But my my brother, really proud of my brother, um, Harrison, he he up and he was actually working at a brewery. He was the cellar master or something up there in Georgetown. Uh, But he up and left that job to, to go, I mean, go with his wife, follow his wife. But at the same time, he became the the regional director of a solar services company up in uh, Denver, Colorado, and has taken this little their operation that was just a little nothing, and has turned it into a massive multi million dollar business in a matter of months. Uh, he left his job, and she was yeah. you know she was going to get a job there, but and then just took over this regional operation and has turned it into. He's got multiple techs now. He's having to hire an admin. Wow. He's turning this thing into a business. Cool. Um, so I'm, I'm really proud of him doing that because, you know, he's been looking for something to get creative with and, and to grow. And he's taken that and proved everybody, to everybody that he can he can grow a business yeah. uh, from pretty much nothing to really big really quickly. Good so, for him. That's yeah. awesome. Maria. Maria. Okay. I, I have three people, but I'm going to be super concise. Yeah, okay. I love it. Uh, I have two brothers. Uh, my older brother, he started a business when he was, uh, my, well, maybe 15, 15 years ago, let's put it that way. He's older than me, 12 years older than me. And what I always admired about him was his drive. He moved out of the house when he was 18. He made things happen for him and his life. And he went into a business that he was passionate about it. And he made it a real success back in Peru. My other, the other person I want to mention is my other brother. <laughs> he is an artist. 
and he studied industrial design in one of the most prestigious universities in Peru, meaning difficult universities in Peru. Right. And he, for me, was a very... Um, he was like a lost soul. Like, he could not find his thing in life. Yeah. But he was creative, and he was very, very smart. He is. And he... His partner became pregnant, and when he had his daughter, he figured this thing with glass, and he started making art out of glass, and then he started making plates with out of glass. These plates are, dishes are amazing. They're, they're beautiful. You look at them, they're like a, a piece of art. And then he started selling these plates in the, to the five-star hotels in Lima, like really amazing restaurants are like Peru is one of the best countries in the world to go dine. To have to give you an idea, three out of the fifty best restaurants in the entire world are Peruvian. Wow, that is true. So I did not know that. Yep. Me now you know that. So he be, he became successful doing what he was meant to do, which was art, and he found a meaning out of his life doing that, following his gut. And the third person I want to mention is this girl out here. You know, like, you know, no one that I know, like, I never had the opportunity of meeting someone like her, like, I'm going to write a blog, and I'm going to do this, and I'm, I'm going to do that, and I learned this by doing this. Like, she figures things out. She's not scared, and she values herself. She likes napping? Oh, she's going to nap. Okay, so... <laughs> we figured that out. <laughs> Kiona, yeah. Yeah, and she out. has a great sense of humor, which that's very important to me because I like laughing. So <laughs> I think I admire that of her. Like, she, she was driven, she was fearless, and she believed in herself. Dang. Holy cow, follow that, Kiona. Mad shout-outs and <laughs> no, goodness, <laughs> goodness gracious. Well, I guess right, I should shout-out the person behind me, which is my mom. Um, I'm really proud of her. She is the most, the person who has recreated herself a million times. Mm-hmm. She's came from Korea, and she got a master's degree first in her family to go to college and, and then go on to graduate school. So she really helped me even get into graduate school because it's hard when you don't, know what to do and luckily she paved the way for me same with starting her own business like she was raising two kids by herself and she couldn't find a job that could let her off at 2 p.m to go pick us up so she decided to start her own pizzeria while we were in school so she could go leave pick us up and then keep making pizzas whenever we grew up she was like okay i'm done with this pizza crap and then you know, started working a regular, like, nine to five now. But she didn't have a retirement because she was working this pizza joint. So she decided to invest her money into real estate and does home flipping and long-term leases, and that's her retirement. So she creates, like, these super creative solutions to her, I guess, problems. Mm -hmm. And it's super inspiring to me because she gives me tons of advice and inspiration and courage to do that. And I think she gives us both that, like, we Pass, I passed on all the advice that I get onto Maria, and the last thing she said to me was, um, Kiona, you could go to business school for like $200,000, or you can invest that $200,000 and do something with it, and you'd probably come out 
making more money than you would have gone to business school. It's like the mistakes that you're making now are cheaper than the education you would have paid for, and you'd still get the education out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I think I repeat to Maria because I have to repeat it to myself because it's like <laughs> our mistakes are actually less than an education. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, and we're like learning the entire time. So I was like, just pretend like it's paying for a class. So, yeah, so That's I'm really great. proud of my mom. I, I love her mom. That's awesome. awesome. There you go. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Kiona and Maria. I, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any more things, Bobby, that you wanted to? That no, discuss? I'm just. I'm. I'm so glad that we sit down with you guys. Yeah. Um, two of the most more passionate people um, that that I have ever met, and um, I think that y'all are going to be. It's inevitable. Y'all are going to be super successful at whatever you put your minds to. Whatever this business morphs into. Long term, it's going to be what you want, and uh, just because of who y'all are um, and the passion that you each have for this, um, I think it's really awesome. Yeah, and inspiring. We have to check and in. N- again. Now Michael wants to quit his job. <laughs> yeah. We we have to check in again. Like yeah. honestly, I want to I want a, a recap or a, a regroup in like six to eight months and see yes. all the incredible things you guys have done and. Definitely. And, and also, we need trips to Lima. Yeah. Uh, because yes, if you ever want to do a podcast wherever you may be going, yep. we'll let be us there. know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Write this trip <laughs> off. <laughs> so it was awesome speaking with you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We, we are very blessed that you guys decided to join us, and uh, we will check in again. So I'm Michael. Cool. This is the uh, OK Now What podcast. And I'm Bobby, and this is the OK Now What podcast. And uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And you guys got a plug. Go ahead, plug your, your site. Girls Who Host. It's the Instagram and the website is host2go.com. Host. And number two, not 2w2. Yeah, host2go.com. Host number two, go. 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 Yeah. Beautiful. Host2go.com. All right, and we're going to po- uh, we'll push that uh, content on our site as well. So, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's great. Yeah. Thank you awesome. Guys. Thanks. Thanks so much, guys. That was episode five. It is now in the books. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Maria and Kiona. They're really inspiring people. Please make sure to follow them on hosttogo.com and how not to travel like a basic bitch. Uh, We really appreciate your guys' support. Again, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And we look forward to talking to you guys again on episode six. Thanks, guys.